Hi, this is Alex Nichols. Uh, welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. Just wanted to thank the show sponsors, Exoskin. If you haven't used them, feel free for 20% off. Use my promo code T, the number 4U20 for 20% off. I use all their products. I really enjoy them. They have great socks, both toe socks and normal socks, calf sleeves, compression bottoms, and then compression tops. But they, um, their technology uses rapid copper, so it reduces friction, which then reduces moisture. And we all know when you have moisture, that creates blisters and whatnot. So I really like the socks, calf sleeves, compression bottoms, and uh, compression tops. And I really appreciate Exoskin's support throughout. They're a big supporter of the Amazon TV show that Ryan Clayton and I are putting together and just highly recommend you check them out. So again, T, the number 4U20 for 20% off. Big thank you also to Hammer Nutrition. Have another promo code 252888 to save 15% off your first order. I think it's technically a referral code, but you'll see me eating a ton of gels, a ton of Perpetuum, Recoverite, even as I kind of modify my diet a little bit least at the beginning of this year i'll tell you about it when it happened in the race but to be honest with you it happened even before the race it happened in the training a great cause oh thanks man. i respect the shit out of that man so you keep doing what you do it man keep inspiring and that was a moment i i can look back on now and uh that was one of my favorite moments getting a foot massage by hayden at mile 62 this is um, a fan of yours, and I'm just calling in to express my admiration. It's Dean Carnassus, the ultra-marathon man. Hello, listeners. This is Chris Mako, and we are live. And you're listening to Training for Ultra podcast. This is Anna Mae Flynn, and I'm here talking to Training for Ultra podcast. Yeah, it's like really, I just need to catch up with Rob. 100 miles is not that far. I, I thought oh. it was a joke, actually. It, it is. I thought it was one of your jokes, yeah. It is a joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so classic. Oh, my God. Because literally, thing would be like, beep, beep, beep. Mother, mother, beep. Mother, mother, beep, beep. Mother, beep, mother, beep, 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 beep. One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Training for Ultra Podcast. I'm Sally McRae, also known as Yellow Runner. Hey, this is Carl Meltzer, the Speed Goat. And I want to welcome everybody to the Training for Ultra Podcast. Welcome to episode 123 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name is Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra. And this is my interview of Alex Nichols. He needs no introduction. And big congrats to him. He just won a golden ticket into Western States. He took runner-up at Bandera 100K that just took place today. This interview was from last week. I thought he would do well during this race. And it looks like he executed. So big congrats, Alex. And let's hear some of his background before he goes to Western States. Enjoy this episode. Alex, this is long overdue, man. Like I've I've <laughs> been following you since I DNF Run Rabbit Run, probably even before that. Um, so right. thank you. Thank you for, for making time for the uh the podcast. And yeah, I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. So just appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be on. <laughs> so I'd like to to give the athletes kind of like a shout out to their sponsors kind of early in the episode. Um, who who are you running for right now? 
my main sponsor is Scott Sports. Um, and then I also am supported by Honey Stinger. Awesome. It's yeah, always that, those two. It's it's the sketchy part of the year too, where like you're not sure <laughs> if you signed for 2020, but you think you did. No, I'm just yeah. kidding with you. Um, <laughs> so give the listeners some background on your running. You've you're highly experienced. Um, you're not only fast, but you can run. You know some of the most technical courses in the whole world, and you have you can climb basically any mountain, but where did this all start? Where where did running even begin in your life? And I'm just fascinated at your story because you didn't just jump into ultra running. Yeah. Um, I mean, like a lot of people, I ran cross country and track in high school. Um, I went to a pretty small high school, so it wasn't at a super high level or anything. Um, and then I did run in college, but again, it was small school, um, non-scholarship, that type of uh, just division three program where people are here to run just because they like to run, (laughs) Um, which I think actually was a really good thing for me. It kind of, it allowed me to progress uh, more naturally with my running and not focus on, you know, hitting certain times as like a freshman or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, well, I moved from Minnesota to come to Colorado for college and uh, that's kind of when I got my, intro to the trails <laughs> yeah um, did you did you go to school up in boulder denver south and colorado springs where, where'd you go to school yeah yeah it's uh colorado college in colorado springs cool. um and that's actually where i coach now that's my full-time job you've never left uh, <laughs> i did for a little bit <laughs> you're but still I'm in the same you're still in the same dorm room um no, yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's tough so uh so, uh, college though, you started probably experiencing the trails for the first time living in Colorado Springs or had you been on the trails yeah. back in Minnesota? Um, yeah, I, w- I was from pretty much Minneapolis, so I didn't have a lot of access to trails, um, besides some small parks. So yeah. really just Colorado, Colorado Springs was a big eye opener, just how extensive the trail system is and, and how much you can get to even from downtown Colorado Springs. Um, so, yeah, and I realized <laughs> kind of that I was good at running uphill uh, compared to other people. So I entered some trail races kind of in the summer, ended up winning the first trail race I ever entered <laughs> um, under a pseudonym, actually. I was just kind of having a fun day out, and I didn't really care about the race, so I entered as Noah Zark. <laughs> you were actually up- in a witness protection plan or program, yeah. <laughs> like Noah's Ark. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, we, so, so I ended up winning the race and like getting all this publicity, and I had to pretend <laughs> that my name was Noah's Ark. <laughs> um, so take take a step back, and you just came from Minnesota, and that's where the heck did your climbing ability come from? And your lungs? I mean, it, it's at least six thousand feet, like from the start line. <laughs> Were you just acclimated immediately? Like, are you just a freak of nature with that that type of thing, or how'd that work? I mean, I think, I think in high school, even, I was kind of better at the, the hilly cross-country courses. Um, I remember I would do some hill workouts just kind of on my own outside of the team. On the We had a an Olympic-sized ski jump hill, so like yeah. the full-on long-distance ski jumping. Um, and I would do repeats on the landing zone, 
of that hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I just kind of ended up taking to it naturally. And then when I got to the trails, I realized I could kind of keep climbing for more than just a couple hundred feet. <laughs> How many days did it take you until you summited Pikes Peak? Like, I can just see oh. you as a college kid, like, first weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I went with some friends after the first cross-country season in the winter time. We tried to <laughs> we tried to start at midnight and did not really understand what the conditions would be like above tree line. <laughs> we, we did not make the summit that day. So it took me a few months to actually summit, I think. <laughs> so you camped out at A-frame to survive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You, funny, funny side note is I saw you at bear camp, bar camp, um, and it was winter conditions, and I had to turn around because a snowstorm blew in, but you had all your gear um, <laughs> I recognize you and I was either coming in, you're going out or vice versa, but, um, oh. yeah, it was, it was funny. You had all your gear, you were totally prepared. Um, so, so Noah's Ark, um, no, <laughs> Noah, like what happened here? What was the distance of that race? Was it a, a shorter race? And like, uh, I want to hear about the publicity. <laughs> Yeah, it was, I think it was, uh, probably like eight miles, nine miles, something like that. Um, with probably a couple thousand feet of climbing. So just out and back. And I, I got to the out point with a pretty significant lead. And back then I I didn't really understand that during the downhill, you had to run faster. (laughs) So I got, I got caught by the second place guy pretty quickly, but then I managed to kind of pull away in the final sections <laughs> were you able to walk away from the finish line or was it rough it was pretty rough yeah i had not run downhill like that ever before <laughs> and how did things progress throughout college i mean were you still going out with your friends doing pikes doing cross country and like just enjoying yeah. your time out there or were you taking things more serious um i mean i was pretty focused on having good cross country and track seasons um I was doing doing trail running like on the weekends or in the summer um, with the team. Um, I mean, my my roommate freshman year for the second semester was Tony Kropichka, so he kind of showed me around the trails. Are you, um, wait, 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 what? Are you serious? Yeah, so that that was like another big influence of how I got into trail running because he he had already scouted all the best routes from campus. No kidding, no kidding. That's really funny. Hey, he's played yeah. a big role in in me even venturing out on the trails also. Um, that's cool. I had no idea. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, it seems like you have like a natural kind of gift. At least Noah, Noah had a natural gift. And <laughs> like, I mean, where what is driving your your passion here? Are you trying to get quicker? Are you just trying to have adventures or like what's what's going on mentally yeah well i think initially the the main motivation kind of after college was to make some world championship teams and and get to travel and and race in some really big competitions um because i had never even considered that something like that was an option Mm -hmm. but then but then when i ended up doing well in some kind of like local or regional races, I realized that maybe I could qualify for some of those teams. Um, so yeah, for a 
while it was very, very competition focused, um, you know, like getting to Zagama, like racing the best or getting to um, the world championships, things like that. Um, But then I think (laughs) almost because I, I have had so many great opportunities that now I'm kind of like thinking more outside of the box. <laughs> yeah, I don't, um, I don't want to get too far ahead, but that's yeah. that's something I, even me, I'm only like four years deep here just in running. I'm, I'm butting up against that also. Um, don't let me forget to ask you that here in a few minutes. Um, <laughs> how, was, how was your first ultra in Cal... I assume your first ultra was in, oh no, is is prickly pear. So you went to Texas for all your first oh. ultras. Is that correct? <laughs> no, I think, um, maybe he's listening out there. I think there's oh, another sh- Alex oh, Nichols. Oh, that- I, I, yeah, oh, this is, this is humiliating. <laughs> no, no, this is humiliating. Okay. I went ultra down, I went down yeah. too far. I went down too far. <laughs> yeah. What, what was your first ultra? Cause it took you, um, a while. Was it the North face race or, or what was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was North Face 50 um, <laughs> because at that point it was kind of like it, it was the biggest ultra and Matt Carpenter who has the Pikes Peak record and everything he was he was running that race and I think he won it twice when it first started so it was kind of like definitely on my radar to go to the biggest race I could find. And and so had you guys run together at all? You and Matt. Uh, yeah, occasionally. Um, when I was like really first getting started with trail running in like 2010 or 2009, he was still training really hard at that point. So, um, he has a club in town called the incline club. Mm -hmm. We would, we'd meet up for Sunday long runs pretty often. If I buy beers, we will both you guys go out. (laughs) Well, he's, he's a legend. Like seriously. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, his his marathon record is still just unbelievable. Um, but no, he now he has told me multiple times that he he will only run one hour at the most ever. So he's he's out there running, but sixty minutes is his maximum. Interesting, very interesting. I think that would actually be a really <laughs> great film too. Um, now that I'm way off way off target here. So how <laughs> how did the North Face go for you? I mean, were you um, like enamored at that distance or were you in utter pain, like sheer pain and agony? Well, so, so the very first time I did it, it's probably not in ultra sign up. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, I ended up, it was the year Dakota won and Mike Wolf was second. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was actually in the lead at like mile 30 or so. And then I, <laughs> I sprained one ankle on a downhill, and then my my following step, I sprained the other ankle. So I sprained both what? ankles essentially at a once. A double sprain. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So then I dropped out of that, and then I came back the next year and, and actually finished. <laughs> <laughs> so that was 2012 when you finished your first ultra. Is yeah. that correct? I think so, yeah. Now that I haven't scrolled down to the guy in Texas. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. Chi- you, you followed it up pretty quickly in april is that correct with cheyenne mountain 50k yeah yeah that sounds about right yep okay that's that's a a difficult race i mean that has a lot of vert and the fact that you're going sub four 
on a 50k yeah. of that nature's like super impressive um yeah were, had you graduated college at that point or were you still studying yeah yeah i was out of college at that point and that was actually kind of um when i was doing like at the same time as those races i was still doing like some sky marathons um so like back in the day, the Sky Running World Series was essentially what the Golden Trail Series is now. Yeah. Um, so I think at that point in 2012, I had gone, I think I raced the Sky Running World Championships in the summer, which ended up being like a, a four-hour marathon, even though Luis Alberto won in 350. Like it's just, it's just a really steep race. Um, and then... <laughs> I mean, some of us can't do a four hour, uh, on flat <laughs> sea level. Um, that's amazing though. So it, yeah. it had to have what 8,000 plus feet. Yeah. I think it probably. was like 10,000. It was yeah. in, it was in Spain near Andorra. It was, it was a wake up call, like running that race and seeing how technical trail running could be. Uh, <laughs> it was a shock. <laughs> Were you also like super excited about traveling the globe and like exploring via trail or like that had yeah. to be sparking something internally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was definitely a big turning point that summer. Um, going to Spain, getting to run that race. Like honestly, it wasn't the greatest race, but it really, it taught me a lot about what I needed to do to get better to compete at that level. Um, and then, and so the end of that summer was actually the Pikes Peak Marathon that I ran the first time um, because Killian was coming. <laughs> that was like, that was the big draw. Killian was racing the marathon. At that point, I had only run the Pikes Peak Ascent, so just the uphill. Um, but since Killian was coming, it's like, well, I got to race the best in the world, so I'm going to run the marathon. Um, and so again, it's another how, like how was that? How was that experience racing Killian? It was good. Yeah, it was, uh, I ended up getting second. I mean, not too surprising, but I wasn't too far back. I think I was like five minutes behind him. Um, you're five minutes behind Killian. Yeah. So it was, it was amazing. That's truly amazing. So you're right there. Like you're, that had to be a confidence builder. Right. Yeah. And it, it kind of taught me that like, like, Hey, these ultras, like technically it's an ultra, but I've been running four hours like pretty consistently. So it's not a huge jump to go to like five hours or six hours. Interesting. Yeah. Um, w- were there any other takeaways other than your quads were probably on fire after, <laughs> after that? Yeah. It, it's still, I mean, I was still, uh, realizing that I needed to work on my downhill running at that, <laughs> that point. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I did it over the next couple of years. I, I improved pretty yeah. dramatically on, on the downhill and technical. I mean, you quickly became arguably one of the best ultra runners in the whole world over the course of the next few years. I mean, if your results don't have a one or a two, it's a three. Um, <laughs> like, so, so tell me about that experience. Tell me about, uh, traveling the globe and like kind of how your life was unfolding there. Cause you quickly became one of the best. 
Yeah, and I think it kind of came down to, um, you know, like I got that first opportunity to go abroad and like do a couple of big races and, and having Killian come to Pike's Peak was a big opportunity because, you know, getting second to him all of a sudden puts me on the radar of other races. Um, so then, then it was kind of like, yeah, it all just sort of built on itself where, um, the next summer, I think, I think I did go to Zagama in the spring and then, um, uh, forgot what the middle summer race was, but just like getting to go, Oh, to Mount Blanc marathon. Um, and I think I got like, yeah, nice little, nice little win there. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. The 80 K. Yeah. 80 K. Yeah. I I mean, that's unbelievable in itself. We could have a whole episode just on that race. Like, (laughs) like, yeah. I, again, I'm just truly thankful to be talking to you. You're you're one of the best ever ever run um, ultras. Seriously, uh, so so your confidence is building. That's a good though. To make. <laughs> yeah, well, you're you're you you know, I it the results speak for themselves. I don't need to say anything. Um, what was some. Um, your fascination with Templiers or whatever it is in uh, France, like you, it seems like you went back there a few times. Yeah, um, I've um, actually been looking at that race too. Oh, you should you should definitely go. It's the reason. Yeah, I raced there three times. Um, the first time was actually we they had a team competition. It was like U.S. versus France versus the world kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Which was pretty cool. We had the team was me, Zach Miller, Chris Vargo, um, Matt Flaherty. Ah, uh, what a oh, team! I feel like I'm missing Jeez. one. Um, but yeah. Oh, sorry, Sage. Sage was there. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> it's like the dream so, dream team here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we had a really good team. Um, I actually ended up leading the team, which was like for me at that point was one of my biggest accomplishments and it's just like, so that was cool. We won the team competition. Um, but the race organization is just like amazing. The, the route is super cool. It's just a perfect loop where you go through all these quintessential French towns in cheese making country. (laughs) The best going through those little towns, like, and they have the water troughs, like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) In the springs, yeah, that's so, how you fill your water bottles. Like it's literally just mm-hmm. a, a spring or like a well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we went through one of the eight stations was inside like a five hundred year old barn and things like that. Oh, like UTMB style. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Ah, yeah. That, that brings back memories. So, so you loved the culture. It sounds like, and like the vibe of the whole race and the, the team atmosphere, was it team based throughout? Um, every time you went over, did you do individual type efforts there too? I think actually after that first year, I don't think they had the team thing anymore, but they still like to bring over, uh, a decent amount of Americans each year. Yeah. So, Um, and I'm sorry that this is turning into chronology here i'm just fascinated honestly um and i'm probably missing a lot of like major accomplishments that aren't on ultra sign up so 
forgive me, you know, if I pass over some, some massive thing that just didn't show up. Um, there's so many of them, but tell me about how you got interested in run rabbit run. Cause I've personally seen you there. Um, yeah. I know you and Kyle are buddies. Kyle just won that race. It seems yeah. like there's some connection. What, what is it about, um, that race that, that fascinates you? Um, so I think, uh, the first time I ran it, well, it was 2016 and that, that winter kind of the end of 2015, the beginning of 2016, I had plantar fasciitis for like five or six months. Um, I was really injured, couldn't do much running of any kind. Um, so then my typical plans were kind of out of the, the window, <laughs> um, where I couldn't do like an early season race and I couldn't really do the, the normal races I was planning. So I, I kind of started thinking about just pushing my main goals back a little bit in the year. Um, cause I did eventually get healthy, like in, in May or so, but I didn't have any base to go with. So that year I saw run rabbit run and I was just like, well, I haven't run a hundred. It's nearby. Yeah. Um, it's there's a huge price boost. <laughs> Yeah, there's and you get a big check too. Like it's it's physically large, not even the yeah. dollar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I decided I would run the Pike Speak Marathon, and then Run Rabbit Run was three weeks later. So I was gonna just focus on like having a big three week span. <laughs> That's crazy! Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, 2018, I. I I just keep thinking about Nolan's. I mean, that whole effort. Yeah. Um, and then the John, what is it? Capus. Capus. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you seem to really be enamored with like the, the, the hard stuff. Is that, it seems <laughs> like after, after your first like big effort and you follow Killian in second place with like, you know, you're five minutes behind him. Um, it seems like your path, um, like what's interesting to you seems to be harder type stuff. Is that what's fulfilling to you? Like, cause I did want to ask you, like, how are you inspired to run after you win so many races and like, clearly you're on the map, like it becomes more like what's personally driving you. And that's, what's fascinating. Like, I want to know more about like, why do you summit Pikes Peak, you know, this year? Like, what what's driving that? You don't have to. You you have nothing to prove to anyone, pretty much ever. Um, like, what's yeah. what's the driving force? Like, why do you love those challenging races and efforts? Um, I mean, Nolan's definitely came around because it was something new and different. Um, which has, I'd say been a kind of a thread throughout all of the running that I've done is just, you know, try new things and try new challenges. So, you know, I've, I've done flatter hundreds. Um, I had never done anything steep and kind of the route finding involved with Nolan's. Um, so it was just, yeah, wanting to try, try to push myself to, do something different. Um, 
but at the same time that like that challenge is something that I enjoy. So it's always the underlying motivation is always just going to be because I enjoy running and <laughs> enjoy new challenges. And you, it just kind of comes out in different, are you, different are ways. You like, are you satisfied with the results or are you always like pinpointing where you could have done better? Like, do you ever like sit back and say like, I gave it everything. Like I executed perfectly. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't think I've ever been 100% satisfied with a race. Um, and I, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I think there's always something that could have gone a little better. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's also what makes it fun to keep, keep searching for that perfect race. So yeah, you, you, you seem to be striving to like for excellence, like constantly, it seems like, um, yeah. but at the same time you're going after adventures and exploring like all of us trail runners at the same time. That's why we relate. Um, yeah. at least that's what it seems like. That's why, that's why I saw you at bar camp, like off yeah. the radar by yourself, just totally decked out, ready to go summit. <laughs> when I turned around yeah. in my shorts. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's a different project that I've been doing. I've, I've summited Pikes Peak at least once a month, every month for the last, uh, like 27 months. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, so it's, maybe I'll try to make it up there once with you. I'll have to like really go to REI and make sure I'm prepared, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. um, man, that's awesome. And so tell me more about Nolan's. What was like your initial, like, where'd you even hear about it? I know you and Joe Grant kind of coincided at the same time. I, was that planned or was that it just happened to work out that way? Like mm -hmm. that was epic. Um, I just want to hear more about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I pretty much first heard about it or became more familiar, familiar with it from my friend, Brandon Stepanowicz, um, okay. who he's finished the whole thing. I think it was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of started, started thinking about it because I knew well, that winter prior to the summer that I did it uh, was a pretty low snow year in Colorado. Um, and kind of looking at my schedule, I realized maybe I could squeeze in an early season attempt as long as there wasn't too much snow. Squeeze, um, squeeze in an old yeah. 14. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then just, you know, talking to him about it, kind of <laughs> trying to learn the route as much as I could um, was actually really fun to do that and get to spend more time in those mountains. Um, but then the, the timing with Joe, I think was, was basically just coincidental because we both realized there would be a best day to do it. Um, mm -hmm. we picked, we picked the full moon closest to the summer solstice. Yeah. So, so we had a lot of daylight. Um, and I, I knew, I think Megan, Megan Hicks actually told me that he was going to be coming the other way and I got in touch with him briefly, but you know, since we were going opposite directions, it's like, maybe kind of we'll just, see you. Maybe uh, we'll, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll see you out there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and so how, how much time alone were you out there? Was this, this wasn't completely a solo effort, right? You had some support. Right. Yeah, I did. Um, I did, 
Oh, man. I'm trying to figure out when. I hooked up with my friend David Hedges um, at kind of the last few mountains. He he sort of uh, came along, but, um, yeah, he wasn't super familiar with the route. So, I mean, per Nolan's rules, he's he wasn't allowed to help me at all. Basically, he was just uh, behind me the entire time. Which, so you dropped which him. Made, you dropped him essentially. No, no I just I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to do it right and pay attention to the rules. So I made sure that I was I was choosing the route and showing him the way, um, which made sense because he had never been on the route before. How how was fueling throughout that process? Because I know it um, takes it takes like twice the amount of calories, at least for me, when there's like really steep climbing involved and you're up at altitude, like. Were you yeah. getting hungry at all, or were you just were you able to resupply enough? Um. Well, yeah, <laughs> sort of what we were talking about before. There was plenty of things I could have done better. Um, <laughs> I, I really underestimated my pace. Um, I was kind of shooting for like fifty-two hours initially, <laughs> um, and then I got to the top of Princeton, which for me was the, uh, sorry, fourth mountain. Um, and I think I was like five hours ahead of schedule or something. <laughs> um, Classic. So that, yeah. So that meant, um, the, the friends that I was going to resupply, uh, with, they were not like super prepared. Luckily the, the first time I saw them over by Mount Yale, that went fine. I got pretty much what I needed. But then after that, um, we just, <laughs> I didn't have my stuff together and I ended up not really having the food I wanted. And yeah. And then al- along the way, I, I took a five hour energy on the top of Mount Belford that I've, I've never taken a five hour energy in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got super sick. Um, really? Yeah. So then, from then on, and that was, what flavor um, was it, by the way? That's probably what it was. I have no clue. I think it was red. <laughs> it was probably extra strength grape. That yeah. always does it to you, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, yeah, so, did you and Joe Grant like high five? Like as you like, did you end up seeing yeah. him? Yeah, yeah, we were. Um, it was actually cool because we were not on a specific trail when we saw each other. We were. I was coming off of Mount Yale and he was coming up and that section is not a hard route to follow, but it's definitely not a particular route. And we just happened to be on the exact same path. So I was like, well, what are the odds? Guess, huh? That's really awesome. the right way. Yeah. And so how, how was off of Yale kind of, I, I don't know how many more, you know, peaks there were. Yeah. Well, so I guess going back to Belford. So I, I reached going north. I reached the top of Missouri, which was like right after Belford, um, in like 25 hours, and that I believe was my 10th mountain wow. out of 15 in 25 hours. So, like again, way ahead of schedule. But then um, the final four mountains, like having not really eaten enough, getting sick from the five-hour energy. It took me a really long time to go <laughs> those you, last you four mountains. Bon- you bonked four mountains? Yeah. <laughs> essentially? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I bonked for a day. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I know how that feels, but I didn't climb mountains. 
<laughs> oh man. So, and you said a FKT, right? I like by an hour yeah. at least. Yeah, I just <laughs> I snuck under it after being, I, I like it. I think I was on like forty hour pace, and then I ended up forty six. So. You, oh, like, well. you pulled like a Sonic the Hedgehog and just kind of like curled up in a ball and roll, <laughs> roll, rolled into the finish. and Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, I mean, are you tempted to go back because you know the errors you made? Or, or are you like, no, none of that after a day of bonking up four mountains? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, part of me is very tempted. Um, but then, then part of me thinks about how miserable I was during the second night because I didn't, I didn't stop to sleep at all. I just went straight through both nights. Um, yeah. And that, that second night was something that will haunt me forever. <laughs> Were you hallucinating? Yeah. By the end of it, I was seeing a lot of things in the woods that weren't there. <laughs> I mean, you got to give us one, give us one. We got to hear, um, <laughs> we got to hear one hallucination story. It's not a podcast <laughs> without one. <laughs> For me, it's, it's never that exciting. It's like I'll see a guy sitting on a like on a couch in the woods, <laughs> and then I look at it and it's a rock, or like yeah, 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 or like hey, there's a there's a circus tent over there. It's like no, that's a that's a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I see like a parking lot full of cars a lot of times. <laughs> it's like yeah. nope, nope, that's just an opening in the woods. Like. Yeah. You get all excited because you think you're close to like civilization, and then nope, that was yeah, nothing. That would, that uh, would be rough. <laughs> so, how'd you follow up that like epic experience of? And I hate to use that word so much, but you know, with your running, it it's I think it's valid. I mean, what's driving you after you finish that? Like, were you ready for? shorter harder efforts or what were you thinking after you finished yeah um i mean looking back on it now what my my plan at the time was to to go to utmb which i did but then i got knocked over in the first 100 meters and I had to drop out i um, remember that oh my yeah. gosh that's right that was but even that was the year killing got stung by a bee right Right, yeah. <laughs> that was a fluke year. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was totally bummed about that. Yeah. Um and, and so how how did you like mentally recover from that situation? You flew all the way out there. You got to yeah. run 100 meters and then I mean, <laughs> were you were you seriously injured or Yeah, I mean I I landed really hard on my hip, like kind of where the IT band kind of goes over oh, the socket there i, I know uh, yeah i've all <laughs> friday i know exactly what you're talking about oh yeah so it just i can i tried to keep going for a while but it just got more and more inflamed and eventually i couldn't really run or do much of anything and so uh, do you just hang out in chamonix and <laughs> and yeah i mean I mean, that has to be incredibly difficult. You just came off an FKT. Like, mm-hmm. you know, no one's done that before you um, by at least an hour. You fly out. You want to be competitive at UTMB, which you would have been. Um, like, what, what's going through your mind as you're, like, sitting on a, I don't know, sofa in Chamonix? Are you, like, 
really devastated or yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> um yeah it's always a a tough thing when races go wrong um especially big races like that i think when that kind of thing happens it it's definitely taken me a while to kind of get back to where i'm excited about racing especially because racing can just be so fickle it's you have to be on that day like it's not about it's not about the time before it's not about the years before it's just just that single day that you have to be able to perform um so it's a huge letdown when it doesn't work and in those kind of situations it normally takes me a while to get back to like a good mental space with competing especially um but the more i've kind of reflected on it in those bad times i realized that what's helpful for me to remember is that like at the very end of the day i still just enjoy running for running running sake um so even if i'm not competing i can still go running and enjoy it <laughs> yeah no that's that's absolutely amazing I love it. We forget about that. I mean, seriously, even middle of the pack guys like me, like it's, we quickly forget, um, that sort of thing. So, I, I mean, were you on ultra sign up in Chamonix? You can, you can be honest. It's okay. No, no, (laughs) not at all. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. It took me a while to get back to really wanting to compete. Yeah. I mean, at your guys level, competing means putting everything on the line like you're just putting you you leave everything on that course and i i'm still trying hard to grasp that concept because i i mean i walk away from the finish line a lot of times and you know i you know i'll have a beer and celebrate and enjoy the community but you guys throw down like nobody (laughs) um how was 2019 for you? Um, <laughs> actually, not super great. Um, yeah, other just like kind of bad luck stuff. Uh, I agree. That's why I'm talking yeah. to you. 2020 yeah. is your lucky year. You know that, right? Yeah, well, hopefully. I'm going to Bandera this weekend, so hopefully I start it well. <laughs> That's why I'm talking to you. You're my man. Yeah. <laughs> I see trends in you're going to knock 2020 out of the park. So get ready. Yeah. Yeah. I feel feel pretty good about it. (laughs) Let's just, let's skip ahead to, to how you're feeling going into that race. I mean, obviously you have a goal of, uh, Western States. I mean, what's that race mean to you at this point? Um, yeah, that's, that's actually a really hard question because after, after getting second last time, I kind of, I sort of told myself like, well, that was good enough. I don't think I need to come back here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I guess like, yeah, there is the enjoying running for running's sake. But then I also kind of realized after 2019, like almost like, Hey, why don't I do something that I'm, more comfortable with just to kind of like get back on track. Yeah. Uh, And so a race like Bandera is, you know, it's, it's faster. 
um, the travel's not crazy and yeah, it seems like a race I could, I could train pretty well for even in the winter. It's humid and the roads are kind of funky getting there and don't, Mm -hmm. don't speed. There's cops everywhere. (laughs) Um, um, you're going to, you're going to crush it, man. Like seriously, like looking over who's racing that, um, I don't want to jinx you, but yeah, I, I, I definitely think there's some good odds if, uh, you don't do a double rolled ankle situation. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. you're going to have a great race there. There are kind of sketchy ankle rollers there, but yeah, nothing, I've heard that from people, nothing. Yeah. in, in wearing shorts, you're going to get chopped up a little bit. They have these, these, uh, odd plants there that will just slice your legs so get ready to see some blood i guess um okay because i was moving half your speed and i was still getting cut um but yeah you're you're gonna do awesome at that race i know i i know you're gonna have a a great performance there um so yeah and and i'm excited you know just to see how you do because i do know how unlucky a lot of your races have been over the past two years and having followed you closely like being borderline a a fan of yours like um now i'm super excited seriously i think 2020 is going to be a great year for you um (laughs) (laughs) i i do need to ask you one thing i heard through a friend sawmill which you won, by the way, the Sawmill 50K and Golden. Yeah. Did you have any unique experiences on that course at all? Did you see any wildlife? Oh, <laughs> so I, yeah, so it was a two-loop two course. Um, and during the first loop, I was in second behind the uh, Golden, who eventually won the 25K, or Golden, whatever it is. <laughs> Golden Harper? Yeah. <laughs> the, the founder yeah, so- of Ultra Running Shoes, by the way. Yeah, no, yeah. no. So I was I was following his tracks and um, I couldn't see him, which was probably a good thing because I came up to a spot where, like, I was. It was obvious that something, like, there was some kind of skirmish with an animal, and <laughs> they were definitely not dog footprints. Um, yeah, and so I found out later um, he was just a few minutes ahead of me, and he ran into I think two mountain lion cubs on the trail, and they. I guess they charged him, but no then eventually, he, yeah, he just made a bunch of noise and they eventually went off. Um, yeah, so that was pretty crazy. <laughs> random so racing you, golden. So you, didn't, you didn't come up across him. It was golden that took out um, all the mountain lions for you, cleared the trail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, a move to stay behind him just to let him clear the, the trail. <laughs> He's a nice dude. I, I can see him doing that for you, honestly. <laughs> I, yeah. I've, done, I've done a group run, like a lunch run with him. Maybe one of the most energetic humans I've ever come across, but just, <laughs> just throwing it out there. Um, so so what other plans do you have for 2020 before I – I just want to ask you a few training questions, a few other one-offs, and then you know, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate your time. Seriously. Um, yeah. have you thought beyond Bandera? Like where's your mental, like, how do you mentally approach a season? Are you think, are you planning? Have you bought tickets to 
Sacramento or Reno? Like what, what are you, where are you mentally? Um, I mean the, so, I mean, with my job, uh, coaching cross country and track, I kind of have to plan around our seasons because during the season I, I travel pretty much every weekend and I can't go to races. Um, so it allows me to plan pretty specifically for like certain weekends where we have off. And I think I just want to basically get back into kind of racing a little bit more and not focusing on like one giant race for the whole year that can go wrong. Um, yeah. So I th- within the uh, first hundred meters. Which is yeah. <laughs> insane. Yeah. So um, during our spring break, I'm looking at a race. Um, I'm thinking about going to the U.S. 50-mile championships in uh, Folsom. I haven't signed up yet, but I'm strongly considering it because it just looks like a cool course, and it's always fun to be at a competitive race. Um, cool. And then, cool. yeah, and then hopefully Western States, um, maybe something in the middle of the summer that's shorter, and then run Rabbit Run again. <laughs> Keep going back. I mean, it's drivable, so... Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really like it. I mean, you've been there, like yeah. the whole race is just awesome. Yeah. No, it, it's really cool. It's, I wish I had that one over again. Dropping at mile 80 for me was like, uh, is all downhill <laughs> from there, but that probably would have been some of the most painful miles. But yeah, that's sections of that course just stick in my mind. Like it, they're just so <laughs> beautiful. Um, when yeah. you're dropping down into, I think it's Olympus, or I, they've rerouted the course so much. Um, mm-hmm. Just some of the most spectacular trails I've ever been on. Um, yeah. And yeah, well organized for sure. But yeah. yeah, my giant check, I think had a negative something or other on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's switch gears. I mean... What's a typical training week for you? I mean, I know it changes throughout the week or throughout the month or the block. Like, are you putting yeah. up, uh, you know, old school, like Tony, Tony type numbers or like, yeah. what's, what's like a, how do you view your training? What's a typical week? Like, um, I'd say I, I do a, like probably a moderate amount of mileage, um, like compared to someone like Tony, um, <laughs> So, I mean, for, for like a hundred mile race, um, I'll try to get up to like 120 miles, mm-hmm. um, but I still think it's important to do workouts. So, um, I try to do like one kind of like aerobic threshold type day during the week. And then one day that's focused on steeper running. Um, and then the, and then like a, just a single long run. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know it's highly debated but i'm a single long run type of person i, I am i am too i am too okay. honestly. <laughs> yeah don't worry middle of pack guy has your back on that um <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> i always i used to get hurt doing back-to-back long runs and i'm like this is this is mm-hmm. stupid i'm gonna plan my one day off per week following my long run so i can absorb some training i don't know I'm, yeah maybe i'm yeah weird. um yeah, I- I think there's a lot of truth to, the, to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's talk quickly injury prevention. I mean, are you finding that you're, 
you've had difficulty over the years with nagging injuries just because of the steep, you know, stuff that you do, or have you kind of had a natural uh, ability to, to not have any kind of massive injuries? Um, I mean, I have definitely had my fair share of injuries. Um, they haven't been too long term, like the, the plantar fasciitis thing was maybe five months or so. Um, that's kind of the extent of really long-term injuries that I've had. But for me, it's for whatever reason, maybe just my mechanics, but I tend to get some like lower leg injuries, like Achilles, feet, stuff like that. Um, From downhill so, pounding or running steep ups, right? I mean, it's kind of classic, I mean, right? Well, it was it was common for me in college too. So I don't know. Okay. Um, hard to pinpoint the exact reason. Um, but so for that reason, I don't, I'm not like a constant high mileage type person. Um, I really focus on building up specifically for certain things. And then um, when I'm in between like training blocks, I won't, I really don't do that much. That's awesome. So you're enjoying the the tapers and everything. Yeah. Um, and, and so do you have a special diet at all or are you just. No. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah. So what, what's your go to like food? Do you, are you mainly tacos? I'm on a taco <laughs> diet a lot of times. Um, taco diet. Pizza. Huh? I mean, what, what's like your go to food? Uh, tacos uh... is a food group, by the way. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> Well, I guess, so I don't really eat red meat, um, but that's, that's really just like personal preference. I'm not a big fan and mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but so honestly, my go-to is probably like toast and eggs. <laughs> I yeah. eat a lot of eggs and yeah, quite a bit of bread. Nice. I'm jealous. Yeah. I, I hit my limit in college with pizza. Like I think I, I just ate too much gluten to the point where my body's like, okay, you hit a lifetime of gluten, <laughs> like no more, no more. Um, so I'm jealous. So you're probably running, your pack probably has like a, like a, just a loaf of bread in the back of it as you're like climbing <laughs> pikes every, every month. Um, only, at, only at Le Templier. <laughs> <laughs> French loaf. Um, yep. do you, do you drink beer or no? Yeah, I do. Okay, what's what's the best beer you've had in Colorado Springs? That's made in Colorado Springs? I mean, I'll just open it up. Yeah. I mean, if you went to the the local grocery store and picked up a six-pack, I'll 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 give you a buy, but well, I'll support the local breweries. Um, so I am a member of the Caveman Club at Fossil Brewing Company. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. I get a custom mug each year. Um, <laughs> And they had a barrel-aged Baltic porter that was, like, incredible. So I'll go with that. I like it. That's awesome. Seriously. Okay, so just one or two, like, last questions here. What is the favorite race that you've ever done your whole life? You've done – you've traveled the globe. You've won – you have belt buckles from probably every country, I'm guessing. Um like what's your favorite race that you've ever done? Uh, so I think it's probably going to be a tie between Pikes Peak Marathon and Le Templier. 
Nice. Because, I mean, Pikes is just, like, so historic, and it has, like, personal significance to me, but then, like I was talking about, La Temple just has so much going for it. That I have to do that race. That's, really it's awesome. like a 2021 deal um, Moab 240s in October, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's a little shorter than that. <laughs> yeah, but, but still, it's close, especially with European travel, so... Um, I, I seriously, I've been watching that race. I think Miller's Zach Miller's gone out and done that a few times too. You probably talked him into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 We were roommates there. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. what's, what's the lowest point ever on the trail that you've been on? Have you, have you ever just been like, like basically given up on life on the trail. Like where, where have you been where I want to hear the lowest low and then your highest high will end on the highest high. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely during Nolan's 14, when I, I was on La Plata peak, which, uh, I still had to do, um, Albert and massive. So it was the third to last. I had just gone through the second night like the sun was coming up, um, but I sat down near the summit, and if if I could have given up then, I would have, like, without a doubt. The only thing that kept me going was that I had to actually make it back downhill <laughs> in order to drop out, so that was basically my plan. <laughs> like, I'll get to the bottom, and then I'll drop out, but then by the time I got down, I changed my mind, so that... Yeah, that moment on top of La Plata was the worst thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> Do you ever want to go back there and, like, experience it not wanting to, like, jump off the mountain? <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a good idea. It's it's a nice mountain. It's it's really, uh, it's really a, a nice hike if you're in a good spirit. <laughs> I should take you out there. I'll bring the whole barrel of aged bourbon or, what, or whatever the beer was. Um <laughs> So I want to hear your highest high. What What is your favorite memory? And this is Alex Nichols. You've traveled the globe. You've won all kinds of races. You've done Nolan's FKTs. Like, what's your one memory like that you that sticks with you that keeps you wanting to get out on the trails? Um, I guess it, it's probably finishing finishing that Mount Blanc 80k um, when I won and set the course record it was like for the whole last six miles or so it was this huge downhill into town and you can see town down below you and it was like this sudden realization that like wow I'm actually going to win this thing <laughs> like I don't know how this is happening but it is and and then just running back through town you know get the support of Shamani and the people on the streets. It was very memorable. That's awesome. Alex, where, where can people follow you on social media? I, I don't think it'll be very difficult, but where, where can people follow along as you go after this Bandera hundred K golden ticket? And hopefully we see you in, um, you know, in June going after, I don't know, unfinished business of your, your <laughs> second place. I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Um, my handle is Axel Nichols. <laughs> um, and then I'm probably actually most active on Strava because I post everything I do there. Um, 
Interesting. Yeah, so. That's good to know. Stay in touch, man. I, I want to hear how Bandera goes, um, whether we record it or not. And uh, yeah, I, I've I've followed you for years. It's an honor to have you on the podcast. Thanks for taking yeah. so much of your time and just have a great race. I think if you're smiling yeah. during Bandera, you're 50-50 golden ticket. So um, <laughs> hope, hopefully yeah. I get to see you out at States also. But yeah, stay in yeah. touch. I'm I'm just in Denver, and thanks for taking yeah. all your time. Yeah, no problem, Rob. It was fun. And that was episode 123. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Big thanks to Alex for taking so much of his time. Big congrats to getting that golden ticket. Big relief. He's gonna potentially be a top 10 at Western States. He's a super talented runner. Hopefully, I can get down to the springs and uh, get a run in with you, Alex. But big thank you to the show sponsors, Hammer Nutrition, Exoskin, all the others. Appreciate you guys. Thank you to the Patreon supporters. Most importantly, don't forget to enjoy your training. Have a great week.